0: Well, looky here—it's another edition of Making Money with the Financial Coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, I can remember uh, when I first sat down with somebody who was a financial planner. This is some time ago, uh, and I, you know, I'd sort of dip my toes into investing waters, and I knew that I wanted to save money for my retirement, but I really didn't have a plan. And that's what the key is here, right? The key
1: is to have a plan because that's the roadmap that's going to get you to fulfill your goals and get you to the finish line. You know, you can be profitable as a value investor, as a growth investor. You can have a portfolio of stocks, mutual funds, ETFs. Uh, You can invest in insurance. You can be in real estate. You can have collectibles. I mean, I even know a guy that over 20 years has bought and sold Ferraris and done fine but so really how you invest and what you invest in if you have a consistent conservative plan is probably going to work the issue is whether you've got a plan or not so you know what to do and you know how to get to where you're going so the most important thing you can do is get yourself a plan and to start planning financially early in your career.
0: So you want to do, a financial plan basically is kind of a road map to your future, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a financial plan really speaks to what you want your life to look like in the future, and then builds a roadmap of specific actions and benchmarks you'll have to accomplish along the way to ensure that the financial resources that you're going to need are available at the time, to accomplish those goals. So people always look at financial plans gourd as they go, Oh, I'm going to have to do a financial plan. But at financial plans, if, you're, if you dread them, then, then frankly, you're looking at them the wrong way. They should be enlightening for you because you first of all have to sit down and list do you, what do you want your life to look like in the future. Do you want it to be successful? Do you want to have the financial resources available to you? And if you've got great goals in life and you want to accomplish them, it's going to take finances along the way to get you there. So, frankly, having a plan is not drudgery.
0: It's enlightening. So what, are, what would be these financial goals of which you speak here? What, let's make a list for some people that maybe haven't gone down this road yet.
1: Well, owning a home, for example not on everybody's aspiration list, but for a lot of people it is. Funding an education, financing a business, getting out of debt, buying a recreation property, uh, funding an adequate retirement, saving for a kid's education, supporting a social cause, maybe leaving a legacy for some charity, helping kids with a down payment on a home, paying for a wedding, you know, or funding a hobby or passion. These are all some goals, and they're all worthy goals as well.
0: And I think, too, Ron, that one of the things that a lot of people tend to maybe overestimate is, well, I'm going to need so much money when I retire. When you sit down and you take a look at retirement and you start to slow down from your working career, you find a lot of the things that you spent money on when you were working just go by the wayside.
1: <laughs> Many people find that when they retire, they can get by with about 50 to 60% of what they were making when they were in the job pool. And part of that is just the fact that you get a lot more deductions. You pay less taxes. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I went in and got my senior's discount, 15% off a menu. Yeah. 20% going to the movie theaters. uh, 10 15% playing golf. It all adds up. And often you can go eat at... uh, you know, you can take a membership at a health club at half price if you go during off hours. That's when most people go anyways. Or you can go out to eat at off hours or go to a movie at off hours. So you can get your cost down tremendously if, uh, if, if you put a little bit of effort into it. And so you, you find that along the way in retirement, you're not going to need as much as you think. And that's where a financial uh, planner comes in and a good financial plan because they'll lay out for you. Uh, what the actual dollar value of some of these things that you need to, uh, if you're aspiring to, that you need to make in order to get there.
0: So the, for the first step here, though, is to prioritize, is it not?
1: Yeah. Now, you need to make your list of your own goals, and my goals are going to be different than yours, Gord, or anybody else's, but you need to simply sit down and prioritize them and put them in rank of importance and then time sequence them. So, for example, you might think a home is more important uh, right now uh, than an education, but when you're 20 years old, unless you have a good education and can get a decent job, well, the education is probably going to come first. So you want to time sequence and put things in order of importance, and that will give you something to strive for. So if you have them in time sequence, you say, well, Look, I'm going to start with my education and then I'm going to work on a house and then I'm going to start putting money aside because I want to start my own business or I want to start a retirement account. So by having them in sequence, you, you, uh, you can take bite-sized chunks off at a time. You know, and the old saying, work by the yard is hard, working by the inch is a cinch.
0: Okay, and you should also put a dollar value to each of these goals? Yes, yeah,
1: so once you've ranked your, your, your goals... Then you want to put a dollar value beside them because how are you going to save for something when you don't know how much it's going to cost? If uh, you and I go down to a car dealership and we see a brand spanking new SUV or sports car and it's got a price tag on it, then you go home and say, yeah, I want one of these and here's what I'm going to have to do to save for it because I know how much it costs. So you've got to put a dollar value next to each goal because when you do that it makes that goal real.
0: Okay, so part of this then I would think a big component of this is is working on a budget.
1: Yeah, a budget is simply figuring out where your financial resources are currently being spent. And it helps you focus on whether your income is being directed efficiently and effectively toward your life goals or it's being squandered on things you really don't want. And budgets here again shouldn't flagellate you. They should be aspirational and help you focus on where you want to go. So if you prepare a budget saying, well, look, I know what my goals are and I've costed them out. Now I know how much I'm spending. Are my expenses lined up where, with where I want to go in life? And that's really what a budget is telling you. Am I moving in the direction where 20, 30 years from now, I'm going to be where I want to be, or am I living just
0: for today? Got a good friend who's an accountant and a very successful business person. I tease him all the time about this. I say, what are the overages on the budget this month? The answers always seem to be sports and wine. <laughs> but anyway, you got you got to be able to control those things. All right, let's talk a little bit about picking your financial tools. Like, What sort of tools can we employ here?
1: Once you've got a a list of goals, and you've got a budget, then you have the raw materials to work with to build a plan. And now to get a plan, um, I've always used in the past an individual independent financial planner, someone that's not in the financial industry because you've got a lot more independence. Because typically, if you use someone in the industry, usually the plan is always slanted using their products, where if you use an independent financial planner, you get someone who isn't on a commission, so they're not doing the financial plan for free and then selling you investment products because you feel obligated to deal with them. They charge you a fee to do the financial plan, and then you have to find your, your own sources of investment, so whether you use a discounter or uh, you use a full-service brokerage firm, or use a mutual fund person, or you go out and invest on your own, uh, frankly, isn't a concern to the planner. The planner lays out the plan without any investment implications or bias. So I think that's a good place to start. The other opportunities, you can look at a robo-planner. There's lots of software out there. Quicken has some great software for financial planning. Uh, You can go to sites like wealthsimple.com. They have free financial planning software. Or you can just talk to your advisor or financial institution. A lot of them have planning resources available in-house or online that you can look at.
0: So is there a rule of thumb to follow here? You have a little asterisk. that. Uh... Yeah, i got a couple of rules of thumb. First of all, if you're young and less
1: wealthy, the simpler tools are more than adequate. You know, you need some very simple planning. But as you get older and you get uh, estates involved, you've got a business, you've got things like taxation, then that plan has to get more complicated because you've got a lot of more moving parts in it. So when you're younger, especially when you don't have a lot of resources to begin with, you don't have to put a lot of resources into building a plan. Keep it simple. Renew it every once in a while. It'll keep you focused. But as you get more sophisticated with diversity of assets, maybe foreign assets or or business that makes things complicated, Uh, then you want to up the ante and get a better plan done.
0: So you referred to keeping it simple here. The KISS plan is a good plan, is it not?
1: Virtually any financial calculator can spit out a number based on a real simple formula. It's how much can you save annually, the number of years uh, your savings will take place, and then you multiply that by your rate of return, you subtract taxes payable, and you get total amount saved. So. Frankly, if you've got a calculator that can do that for you, uh, that is 90% of the job.
0: So you calculate your plan. You, you put some effort into this. You use a little of that, that thing on the top of your shoulders there and, and think this one through, right?
1: Yeah. And, Clay, the nice thing, especially if you have a computer, uh, is that you can, you can change the scenarios. What if I save a little bit more? What about if my returns are a little higher or a little bit lower? What about if I decide to spend a little bit more on leisure right now and uh, because there's certain things that I'd like to do while I'm younger, you know, how does this affect me longer term? So you can run these what if scenarios until you find something that's practical and achievable and, you know, certainly when you're younger, uh, keeping those, that focus on those short, short term goals like financing your education or saving for a down payment on a house. Uh, Those are the ones that you want to put right at the front
0: of your list. Okay, so you set a forced savings plan in motion, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, right?
1: We've had uh, a two-part series that we've done. I'm not sure. I think that was probably about six weeks ago, Gord, where we talked about how to turbocharge your savings. And so I would really suggest that people listening to this show Go back. Go to Let's Make Money, uh, or Let'sMakeMoney.ca, and you'll find on the website archived uh, the podcast we've done on savings. That is a very, very good point. If you've reached this point in how to build your financial plan, good idea to go back and review that two-part series we did on savings. It'll help set you up for what's next.
0: So now, how often do we sit down and take a look at this, Ron? It's not something you want to focus on every day, because you can drive yourself crazy doing that. But should you set a window of maybe reviewing it a couple of times a year or something like that?
1: Yeah, a couple times a year is, is generally all you have to do, unless you've had a, a tremendous uh, change in circumstances. But just looking at it every once in a while, it helps you make sure that you're still on track, you're moving in the direction that you want to go. And uh, a look at it every once in a while should be not, uh, like I say, where you're flagellating yourself. It should be motivational. Yeah, you know, I've been moving forward pretty good the last three to six months. And it gives you the motivation to go on and continue pushing to build those financial goals.
0: And you should have the flexibility in your plan that if you have to revise it, you can do so. Because life can throw you some curveballs. Yeah,
1: we used to live where... You bought a house and lived in it for 40 years. You had a job that you had for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You had uh, the the same hobbies for for decades. But now things have changed. You know, we're in a gig economy. Uh, Relationships change much much faster. Jobs change much faster. Uh, Living in different parts of the country or international opportunity, there's just so many things that make, life changes happen much faster than they used to. So you want to make sure that these life cha- changes are incorporated in your plan and you might need to do a revision every a major revision every three to five years to make you're sure your plan is aligned with the current direction you have in life.
0: So financial plan is key. Take some time to set one up as, as Ron pointed out you can get great software from Intuit or somebody like that. You can do it yourself you can build a spreadsheet and take care of your financial future. Look, I want to throw something at you here completely out of left field, and it's something we talked about on a recent episode. I saw the news here last week, Ron, about about how the Japanese economy contracted. What are they going to do over there?
1: You know, the Japanese economy is in a very difficult place, not only for the fact that um, they've had a contraction like we've had in the West, but also because of the fact that the demographics are against them
0: a lot of older people right
1: there's a lot more older people there than there are here the birth rate is among the lowest in the western world whereas in canada and the u.s we've had immigration um at least till covid slowed everything down that provided new young people that came in and these are the people that uh Bought homes, considered continued the consumer continued with consumer spending. Also, that paid the taxes and the money uh, that will be needed to pay for all us older people as we start using more government services. So, Japan has virtually no immigration. Um, you know, they say the population is going to be down in the next thirty years. I think by a third. What? Do, how do you deal with this? So, if, if you're investing in Japan. Uh, Japan's got a lot of great companies, but my feeling is that what you want to do, if you you look at investing in Japan, is invest in their exporters, the companies that, frankly, export to the world.
0: Yeah, you think of the automotive manufacturers, you think of companies, I guess, like Sony, right? Yeah,
1: Sony, Toyota, Honda, Kawasaki, Uh, there's a lot of really excellent Japanese companies. especially in manufacturing and technology that are are very cutting edge and frankly a lot cheaper in most cases than North American or European companies. So there's opportunities in Japan. It's just you want to look in the right places. Companies that are going to support the the local market and local consumption, uh, I think they're going to have a tough time in the years going forward
0: yeah it's it's just an incredible story when you think back about what a huge economy it used to be it was one of the leading economies on the planet and and how quickly that can change right
1: it uh it and how quickly it's going to continue to change
0: all right well not to end on too dark a note but uh, if you have a question for us or a show suggestion we're always open to those too if you think you know you guys haven't touched on this before drop us a note You can reach us through our website at letsmakemoney.ca. It'll come right to our inbox and also our friends at cfcw.com who uh, host the podcast. It's called Making Money. We invite you to get involved in the process. We'd like to hear from you. We'll be back next week with another installment. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.